are listening to audio from the table. If you'd like to learn more about our community or donate to this ministry, please visit thetabletx.org. Hey, Table Podcast listeners, Brett here. Grace and peace. So good to be with you all yet again. So we are in part two in our series titled Stranger Things, When the Bible Gets Weird. So the title, of course, is drawn from the Netflix series, Beloved by Millions. Uh, But what we're looking at in this series are not tales from the upside down, but rather those stories from scripture that befuddle and confuse Stories that make us wrinkle our foreheads and wonder to ourselves, what do I make of that? So basically, this series is a chance for us to delve into some of those passages uh, to kind of just see what Christ might be saying to us. So on that note, the title of our message today is, What's with the Whale? This means, of course, that we'll be reflecting on the story of Jonah. Now, Jonah's story is one of the more famous in Scripture because he was, of course, infamously swallowed by what the text calls a great fish, and which later tradition has come to uh, kind of designate as a whale. Now, here's the opening of the story from Jonah chapter 1. It says, The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh. Preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid, and each cried out to his own God, and they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. Now from here, the sailors drew lots to basically figure out if anyone on board had uh, brought this bad boogaboog upon them. And sure enough, the lot fell to Jonah. And so they asked him, hey, didn't you say something about running from God? He's like, yeah, it's unfortunate you remember that. So Jonah says, "Uh, you know what you need to do? Throw me overboard. And they're like, what? No, we can't do that. Uh, But he convinces them. So finally they do. And then with Jonah floating in the water, facing almost certain death, we read these words, verse 17 of chapter one. Now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Now, like our story last week with the uh, talking donkey, for those who missed it, uh, the weird parts of scripture tend to send us off on a side trail, a side trail from which we rarely, if ever, return to do any sort of soul-searching or spiritual reading of the text where we open ourselves to what the Holy Spirit might be saying, right? Like really asking, Lord, what what are you speaking to me through this text? No, 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 we don't do that. Uh, And of course, in this instance, the popular side trail is whether or not Jonah was really swallowed by a whale. So we kind of partition off into two camps. Those who are like, oh, of course, God can do anything. It's a a miracle. And then the other group is like, ah, it just strikes me as a kind of mythological story. And, you know, back and forth they go. But what I want to encourage us to do is not get lost in that question. Instead, let's simply read the text as a story, regardless of its historical nature, and let's read it as a word to us. What might it mean? What God might, what might God be saying to me, to you? So to answer that, we've got to back up a bit. 
The story begins with a word from God coming to the prophet Jonah, as we just read a moment ago. Go to the great city of Nineveh, God said. Preach against it. Its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord, headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. Now, as several scholars have pointed out, Tarshish was in the opposite direction of Nineveh. So basically, God says, Jonah, I want you to head northeast to Nineveh. And Jonah proceeds to go south to the port of Joppa and then literally just takes a boat straight west from there. I mean, it's literally just the opposite direction. It's like if I I said, um, you know, head to Florida and you started going towards Seattle, Washington. I mean, it's just the exact opposite direction. Now, this begs the question, why? Why would he do this? I mean, he's a man of God and such. Well, it's because Nineveh is the capital of Assyria. And Assyria was Israel's dreaded enemy. And he simply wants judgment to fall upon his enemy, the Assyrians. But he knows that where there is preaching, there may be repentance. And where there's repentance, there may be mercy instead of judgment. And Jonah doesn't want mercy for them. So God says, head east. And Jonah says, hmm, how about west? Now this brings us back to the whale. Sometimes our familiarity with the story prevents us from experiencing it the way the original characters, the original hearers would have. And I think nowhere is that more true than with Jonah's experience being swallowed by this this great fish or this whale. So let's enter back into the story from Jonah's perspective, all right? So there's Jonah. God says, go east. Jonah goes west. A great storm arises. Now he knows as a prophet, he's in disobedience. So the sailors throw him overboard. And of course, to be thrown overboard in the middle of the ocean is a death sentence, though perhaps Jonah holds out hope. You know, maybe a current can carry him to land. Like, sure, it's like one in a million, but you're saying there's a chance. Dumb and dumber, anyone? An hour passes, maybe two. His ship is now gone. He floats in the water. Regret overcomes him. But still, perhaps he holds on hope. Maybe God will spare him. Maybe, just maybe. And it's then that he sees the whale 100 yards out, its mouth opens wide. What's Jonah thinking? Now Jonah knows it's the end. This is his legacy. A failed prophet, a disobedient child of God, dead in his sins, swallowed infamously by a whale. The mouth closes over him. The tongue catapults him down the esophagus into the belly. And there he sits. Now this moment, is Jonah thinking, what a blessing. The Lord always provides. (laughs) No, no. Jonah believes the whale is God's judgment. Jonah believes the whale is God's way to bring his pitiful story to an end. So what's the key turning point? Well, we know from chapter two in a prayer that Jonah prays that as he sat there in the darkness of that great belly for hours and days, that eventually he has a, an epiphany, a light bulb goes on. We know 
this because the prayer is strangely full of not what we might expect, not at all despair, but hope. Here's chapter two, verse one. It says this, from inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God. He said, in my distress, I called to the Lord and he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help, and you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the depths, into the very heart of the seas, and the current swirled around me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, oh, I've been banished from your sight, and yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the very roots of the mountains, I sank down. The earth beneath barred me in forever. But you, Lord my God, brought my life up from the pit. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. But I, with shouts of grateful praise, I will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will make good. And I will say salvation. That means um, saving. This comes from the Lord. So why was Jonah's prayer so full of hope? Because at some point he realized, oh my gosh, this whale is not trying to kill me. It's taking me somewhere. Which means God is not trying to kill me, judge me. God is taking me somewhere. Jonah chapter 2 verse 10 says, And the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. I'm sure there was never a happier person to be covered in vomit. You see, whales, whales are a season of transition that we mistake for the end. We think whales are an ending when actually in our life, they are a beginning. We think whales in our life are God's judgment when actually they are God's provision. We think whales are God's harshness when in actuality they are his grace. In the year 2011, I was laid off from my corporate project management job. I couldn't believe it. I mean, I had tried so hard. I had so many important projects going at that company. Well, I thought they were important. <laughs> Apparently they weren't. It's amazing how you can be working at a place and just, I mean, you're stressed out. You're stressed to the max. You're just like, oh my gosh, so many important things going on. I've got, oh, I can't let one of these drop. And then the company's just like, no, just go away. <laughs> these things don't matter. I mean, I was, I was, it was shocking. It was almost like being back at elementary school again. And uh, the captains, you know, are picking teams. And in this case, it was the, the C-suite folks. They said, uh, all right, who do you have? Uh, hmm, well, what about this guy, Tilford? Hmm, who's Brett Tilford? You ever heard of him? I don't, hmm, I don't know. I haven't heard, it doesn't sound special to me. <laughs> yeah, we don't need him. I mean, that's kind of what it felt like. I just, I felt like a failure. But friends, it was a whale. My next job had me closer 
to Dallas, which meant closer to my college. And so I decided to go back to school. And then just two years later, I finished my biblical studies degree. A year after that, I began seminary. A year after that, I was pastoring again. You see, 2011, Brett, had zero plans to pastor again. But what I thought was a failure was a whale. Friends, like Jonah, sometimes God in his grace sends us a whale. A situation that we think is an ending, judgment, harshness, suffering, but actually it's a beginning. That whale is taking you somewhere. Maybe it's that bankruptcy or soul-crushing financial obligation, burden, debt, or mortgage. Like, and you just think, oh my gosh, like this is the end. This is the end of my financial life. This is sort of the end of my life. It's ruination and devastation. It's going to take me 30 years to get out of this. Oh my gosh. Friend, what if it's a whale? What if it's launching you into the next season of your life, redirecting you where God wants you to go? Or perhaps it's that church that rejected you, said, you're not welcome here. God can't bless you. And you said, like, see, is this not what always happens to me? Rejected again. But can't you see? It's a whale setting you on a new path, placing you in a new place where you can flourish. Or perhaps it's that illness that brought you low, brought you down like Jonah into the very depths of Sheol, the place of the dead, and you thought it was the end of your story. But what if it's not? What if it's a whale, the beginning of a new you, launching you into new levels of maturity and steadfastness and humility in Christlikeness? Or perhaps it's that divorce or the ending of a relationship that humiliated and just utterly disoriented you. And you, you feel as though God has thrown you into the very depths of the sea, a sea of judgment and condemnation. But what if it's a whale? What if God is on the move in your life? You see, whales aren't cute. At least, not when you're inside of one. Whales are hell. Oh, but they're taking you somewhere. And perhaps even more than taking you somewhere, they are, if you're open to it, shaping you into a type of person, not full of yourself, selfish, self-absorbed, judgmental, no, free, humble, kind, good, like the Jesus you love. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.